You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This is something that's been on my heart for a few weeks now, um, before I really even knew that I was talking today. Um, so part of me is really excited to finally get to share it and say it to somebody. Part of me is also freaking out because, like I said, you people are kind of intimidating. I love you all, but you scare me. Um, so I'm going to set a little scene for you. Um, I was in my kitchen making some lasagna. Okay, This is before my sister-in-law came over, so she missed the hysterical crying that I had in my kitchen. Um, but there was this song that came on. It's called Talking to Jesus. It's by Maverick City and Elevation Worship, if anyone wants to look it up later. Um, but my heart lately has been focused on this baby and becoming a parent and what I want that to look like, um, things like that. And this song just totally came out of nowhere and kind of took advantage of me in a way. And I just started crying as I'm, taking, uh, as I'm making this lasagna. Um, And so what this song is about is he's talking about the influences in his life growing up um, that allowed him to be more comfortable with talking to Jesus, what that looked like for him growing up and how that's now playing into his family and his kids and things like that. Um, So before we really get into it, I'm going to read these lyrics to you um, of the part that kind of yanked at my new mama heart. Um, He says, my oldest is 15, and I remember what that was like, trying to deal with the drama, trying to figure out the questions in life. I've been looking for a way to show him how to make it all right. Then he walked in my room while I was saying my prayers the other night. He said, I'll come back later. I can tell you've got a lot on your mind. I said, it's not an interruption. You couldn't have picked a better time because I was talking to Jesus. Come over and give it a try. We started talking to Jesus. And now he's talking to Jesus. And then he says, thank God he's talking to Jesus. Um, So that hit me so hard because when I think about Gracie um, and just the fact that Carrie and I will be her first influence of what the Holy Spirit looks like in our home and what um, Parker was talking about last week. And like I said, this message has been on my mind for a few weeks now. And so he started saying all these things and I leaned over to Carrie and I was like, this is what I'm talking about next week. What the heck? Um, But he said, we have watched and observed man and measured that up to God. So much of the freedom we walk in is shaped by those around us who claim to walk in freedom. Carrie and I are the first exposure that our daughter will have to what that looks like. Um, And how can I expect her to walk confidently in Christ and walk in this freedom and walk in her identity if she doesn't see that in Carrie and I first? Um, And so that's why when I heard this song, I just kind of broke down because this all hit me in that quick moment. Um, And I just realized that for so long I had thought that my relationship with Christ is supposed to be private rather than personal. Um, And I'm going to go into that a little bit more, but I want to use the example of marriage. Um, I feel like we often hear the Lord reference um, our relationship with him as a marriage relationship, as a covenant like that. Um, So we're going to go into some scripture really quick. one of them, the first one we're going to start with is Jeremiah 31, verse 31 through 33. 
it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, with, my covenant they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So he specifically says their husband in that scripture. And the next one is Ezekiel 16, verses 59 through 60. He says, For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, you who have despised the oath in breaking the covenant. Yet I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish for you an everlasting covenant. Um, marriage is also an everlasting covenant, so another example. And then the last one I want us to read really quick is Isaiah 54, verse 5. It says, For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. Um, so he very straight up calls himself a husband, talks about a covenant. Again here he talks, mentions himself as a husband. So if Christ is the groom, the church is his bride, correct? Um, so I think it's safe to say that our relationship is, with Christ is meant to mirror that of the marriage covenant in which he intended it to be. Um, so I'm going to just pull Carrie and I as an example. Um, Y'all know that we are married. You were not all there the day that we acknowledged this relationship, acknowledged this covenant that we are making with each other. Um, yes, you know that we are married because of the way we act with each other. We hug and hold hands and are cheesy and stuff like that. But <laughs> And we're having a kid. But you also know that we are married because I have a new name, because we wear um, wedding bands as an outward symbol of our covenant with each other. Um, so your relationship with Jesus is meant to be the same way. If my marriage with Carrie was fully private and I only acknowledged it our wedding day, I would not have a successful marriage. He would be really mad at me often. Um, if your relationship with Christ is only acknowledged the day that you decide that you need him, you will not have a successful, successful marriage with Christ. Um, it's that simple. So it's, that's what I mean when I say, it is meant to be personal, not private. You are not meant to lock it away um, and keep it from these other people. Um, but it is meant to be special and unique to you. Mine and Carrie's marriage is different from Parker and Sarah's marriage, um, different from anyone else's marriage in this room. But um, there are personal things and there are private parts of it, but it is seen, it is known by other people. Um, so it has been also prophesied that this generation of youth are the difference makers, that they are the revival generation, um, which is a lot to put on y'all. Sorry, I didn't say it. Someone else did. Um, so in order for that to happen, your faith needs to be seen. Um, your faith needs to be seen by those around you. Your love of Christ needs to be seen by those around you. Um, and when you, the cool thing and what I'm excited about for the youth is that when you go off, wherever you end up going, I know not everyone goes to college, but when you go off, a lot of your security is stripped from you. Um, so these safe places, these things that you don't even realize are safe zones are taken. 
Um, whether that's school, having everything planned out for you, high school, you'll realize it one day is very easy compared to everything else. Um, so whether it's that, for me, it was uh, the security of having just my family around me. I'm a big homebody, big family person. My mom used to make jokes that she was my significant other because I just kind of followed her around the house. Um, so that was a big security blanket for me, was having them there. Um, so now I, I want to kind of get into, I promise I'm going to tie in the song that I referenced to this. Um, but I just want to share a little story first. So uh, my older siblings, Parker being one of them, um, went to SFA and failed. And <laughs> yeah, um, maybe not yet. Yeah, they, so they went to college, failed, had to come home, um, and did some school at home before they could go back. Had to get their grades and priorities in check before going back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks to my two older siblings, my parents were like, okay, we're not doing this again. You younger two have to go to community college first. Um, which now I'm very thankful. When they told me that, I was angry because I was like, are you kidding me? Just because they failed, I have to do what they like should have done in the first place, but whatever. It ended up being fine. Um, but while I was there at this community college, I was living at home. I was miserable. I hated it. I loved being around my family, but I hated seeing all my friends off at college, joining sororities, doing all these fun things. Um, so when the time came for me to apply to SFA, I was super excited to leave. Um, and this is why I'm pointing out that that security is stripped away for you whenever you leave home, because I didn't realize how miserable I was going to be when, I w when that security of my family was gone. So I got to SFA. I mean, I cried when I got accepted, because I was like, I'm getting out of Katy, Texas. I hate this place. I, I was so over it. But I got to SFA, and I cried every single day. I called my mom every day, and she just sat there on the phone with me while I cried. Um, it's very pitiful. And you can laugh at it if you want to, because I'm fine now. But. Um, so I would go home as often as I could that first semester. Every, any free weekend I had, I would go home, which don't do that. It doesn't help. Um, but it finally got to the point where I realized, okay, this is, not, this is not helping. Going home and seeing my family, even though it's great when I'm there, it just hurts every time even more when I have to go back to SFA. And I just hated SFA, and I didn't want that experience. Um, so what I realized then was, the only thing I had in that moment was Jesus. The only thing I had at SFA with me that was any kind of comfort or any kind of home or anything, that was Jesus. Um, and so for the first time in my life, in a way that I had never done before, I started actually talking to him. Um, not just praying for, I was one of those kids that when I would pray, I would pray for every single person I know's safety, because I would think, if I pray for my family but don't pray for my cousins, are they going to be safe? And it was all messed up. And so I actually started sharing my heart, and I started sharing these raw, emotional things with him about how I was homesick and how I hated school and hated SFA and all this stuff. Um, and because I started talking to him and because I let him into these parts of my life, 
he completely and totally transformed my SFA experience. Um, but he, not only did he bring me friendships that are still active parts of my life. One of my friends got married yesterday and we would have been there, but child, so we can't. But um, so these, he brought me these friendships that weren't just first semester of college friendships. They are friendships that Carrie and I still interact with these people, still see them any chance that we get. Um, he married gave me, huh? You said you're married to one of those friendships. Yeah, true. Um, he gave me the Campbells, which if y'all, I don't know if y'all know that name. I don't know if Parker's mentioned them, but they were our youth pastors in Katy when we first moved there. And they moved to Nacogdoches like a year before I went to school there. And then when I graduated, the Lord moved them somewhere else. So they were literally there for my time at SFA. Um, and they're like a second set of parents for me. So he gave me friendships. He gave me the Campbells, whose house I went to when I was sick and tired or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> but more than anything, he became my very best friend. Um, he became my first thought in the morning. He became my go-to whenever I was dealing with literally anything. Um, and for the first time, like I said, since I ta started talking to him in such a different way, he completely engulfed my heart. Like there was no room for anyone else at that point because all, that was all I wanted. Um, and that was the first time in my life that I had truly experienced what he, that peace that he talks about so often in scripture. Um, so now I want us to go to Psalm 145. Sorry, I have, we're hopping around a lot. I've, we're almost done with scripture, I promise. Um, so 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So I saw this in action. And for, based on what I just told y'all, like you can see that he was so quick to fulfill his promise like that. And then in Matthew 7, I have them color marked in here or else I would completely forget what scripture I'm doing. Matthew 7, verse 7, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He gave me really, really, really good gifts. Um, and all I did was share my heart. All I did was talk to him. Um, I asked for comfort. I asked to just enjoy my time at SFA. And he gave me the ultimate comfort in him that I had never experienced before. And he gave me so many of these different gifts that I didn't even realize I needed. Um, and because I spent so much of that semester talking to Jesus and just focusing on him, um, because that was all I feel like I really had, he somehow brought others into it. Um, I got to one of my, she's still one of my best friends. She's the one that got married yesterday. Um, I got to baptize her because the Lord used that semester to teach her about who he was. I had no idea this was happening. Um, 
she was my very best friend at SFA. She saw the good days. She saw the angry days. She saw the version of Darby who had just gotten dumped twice. Um, she laid in bed with me when I cried. She saw all these different things. She saw the recovery. Um, but all that to say, she saw what my personal relationship with Jesus looked like. She saw the unfiltered, the raw. She saw me running to Jesus in those moments, um, whether I was happy, sad, mad, whatever it was. Um, and he used that to call her home. He used that to teach her about who he was. And I had no idea what was going on. I was just, I was so into him and in that semester that I just had no idea. Um, but what I realized is that I, in, those, in that time that he called her home using whatever was going on in my life, I was simply creation interacting with its creator. I was simply just being who I was supposed to be. Um, and I wanted to share that because I wanted to, I want y'all to know that there's insanely unspeakable power in you simply abiding. Um, and you just simply being the child that you are created to be. And so all of that to say that my prayer for all of my youth kids, anyone who comes to youth later on down the road, and for my kid especially, is um, that you will talk to Jesus. Um, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't need to look a certain way. It doesn't need to sound a certain way. But that you will just start talking to him today, that you will talk to him when you're overjoyed, when you are sad, homesick, scared, any of that stuff, but that you will simply speak with him, that you will share your heart with him. Um, and as you go off and do what you're going to do, I know that everyone kind of does different stuff out here, but as you go do whatever, that you will allow this personal relationship with Jesus to grow by simply being his child, by simply running to your father um, and sharing your heart, sharing the pieces of you that you've maybe never shared before. Um, I can promise you, and I hope that what you get from this, these stories or this scripture is that he is the greatest friend that you could ever have. And he is the greatest father and comforter and any of that stuff that you could ever possibly ask for. Um, and he will go above and beyond for you. Um, and he wouldn't say these things in scripture, such as ask and it will be given to you if he didn't actually mean it. And so ask of him and um, run to him because he wants to be this person for you and he wants to provide for you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.